This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph, the only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, Dundee's cup woes could grow because it's Rangers again on Sunday. And can United bounce back from their cup exit to take points at the buddies? Hello, and welcome to Twa Teams One Street. I'm Tom Duthie. And joining me this week, like a loyal contributor, is Graham Finnan. Hello, everyone. And joining me also this week, and whatever is the opposite of a loyal contributor, is Ewan Smith. Oh, hi, Tom. How are you doing? Fine. Bye, then. Bye. See you later. I should explain, this is Ewan's last twa teams, because he's going to pastures new. Yeah. Disgrace. Yeah. <laughs> Transfer window closed in January, Ewan. Where are you going? Oh, no, I can't say. Don't say where you're going. That's for the buying team to reveal. But what are you doing? Nah, you'll, you'll see me again at some stage, Tam. I'll, I'll not disappear off the face of the earth. Well, bear, basically, it's one of these things. Some of us do it for the love, and some of us do it for the money. Absolutely, Tam, but I've got to say... Although in modern journalism, there isn't much of both. I've got to say, you know, get his long service award. How long has that you been here? You in six months now, or something must be about that, isn't it? God, you're even joking about it. I'm actually coming up to my, my one-year anniversary, so there you go. For goodness sake, you only had another 34 years to go until you got your watch. Ah, oh, well... I could do one actually. I'm not very good at telling the time, to be honest with you, so that would have been useful. I could see uh, you just yes. told me that. We noticed that at the time you turned up today. I and could last see he's, he's, week swithering, he's swithering that 34 years and a watch at stake. Sting yeah. uh, And it works not for too. too long. <laughs> how, how long does it work for? <laughs> at least 12 hours. Well, it's more than my watch does anyway. So anyway, enough, enough of this frivolity. <laughs> We've got serious and depressing work to do. Let's get on with the football. And this week we're starting with Dundee, which I use the word starting. Let's be honest. It's not something Dundee did in their cup tie against Rangers on Sunday, Bear. No, sadly it was it was a stroll in the park for um, the, men, the men from Ibrox. I've got to say... Uh, they were very good. They're a Rangers side that are right on top of their game at this point in time. Dundee had um, obviously a few problems of their own with COVID and injuries and the like. And it really was a mismatch and it's really disappointing for a Scottish Cup quarter final to be like that. Yeah. But that's that's the way it, it you know it transpired. Could Dundee have done better in the game? I don't know. I don't know whether the players have the look physically not not strong enough. They had, you know, and it's no disrespect to these guys, but they look as though they lack weight throughout the team. Now you got, you're looking at that lineup. You've got right from the back. You've got Jordan Marshall, who is, isn't a big lad. You've got guys like Paul McGowan. You've got Danny Mullen. You've got Niall McGinn. You know, Paul McMullen. You've got Luke McCown, who was on the bench, I think. But when you've got sort of four or five of these guys, they're, they're up against, you know, certainly in the front line, they're up against guys like Connor Goldson, Philip Hollander. Calvin Bassey, these are big, big lads. And Rangers have got strength all over the park. And Dundee played much of the game on the back foot. Rangers were, were, were pressing forward, played very well, as you would expect of a team who's done so well recently with big results in Europe and big results. You know, as, as they as watched no, a lot yeah. against Red Star. Yeah, I mean, they've, hugely and, and impressed they've gone away to Germany and won 4 2 against Bruce Dortmund. Yeah. So we're, we're not talking a team that's, that are any mugs here. And, you know, Dundee were playing, trying to get out, and Danny Mullen was doing his best. To effectively keep keep the ball and try and get them up the park, but Rangers are so strong and, and he, he was outnumbered sometimes three to one and Rangers are hunting in packs and it was a difficult difficult day all round f- for Dundee and uh, you know the, the squad just doesn't look physically strong and they're not going to be coming up against Rangers every week although they are coming up against them again this <laughs> week I'm to say so that's going to be really 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 tough. Um, but yeah, it was it was a disappointing day for for Dundee and for their, their, their few, the few supporters that actually turned up at the game, Tom. And you and was said on this podcast last week, if you remember, the key for Dundee and Dundee United in their quarterfinals against the Old Firm was probably stay in the game as long as you can. Mm-hmm. And they both lost early goals. We'll stick with Dundee just mm-hmm. now, but Dundee lose one early goal. Uh, 
from a corner and if that's the one thing at that time Ashcroft and Sweeney were on the park Ashcroft went off injured unfortunately it was maybe the, the the one goal you didn't expect them to lose they then lose another one to a dodgy penalty mm-hmm. and it, it was a disappointing decision by Stephen McLean because yeah. uh, I really didn't I, I watched it back I didn't think it was a penalty but in some ways it maybe just brought forward the inevitable by a few minutes yeah, I, I think you're, you're, you're right. We did point out about um, you have to attack early at the Old Firm and, and not lose that early goal. And the thing about the Dundee game, watching, I watched it on the TV, but it was the energy you got off of the, the Rangers' support that was feeding onto the park. And obviously when they get the early goal, then that just heightens, you know. Um, you, you, I don't know, you, you said you, you watched the game, you were at the game. Yeah, yeah, no, I was at the yeah. game, yeah. So, so you're, you're seeing that atmosphere and, and I know... I'm not blaming the Dundee supporters at all for the side not winning the game. That's that's not fair. But sometimes you can give credit to a support for lifting their team and working together. And I think Rangers going in in the back of a fantastic result in Europe um, on a high already. The supporters pumped up for it. Rangers score an early goal and then the supporters are even more up for it in party mode. And then it is inevitable. It was a really poor penalty decision. Um, I didn't think that was a penalty at all. But it just seems to happen to you. You know, when you're down, you're out. You know, yeah. and that's... I felt for Dundee, and as soon as that penalty goes in, you think that's game over. And to be honest, I actually thought the scoreline would be even more convincing at that point because I thought, God, this is Rangers are going to run right here. And mm-hmm. okay, they did win convincingly in the end, but I thought they would win by even more at that point purely and simply because Rangers had the bit between their teeth. Dundee were down and out and realised that their game was over. And but you know, it could have been more. I thought it would have been more, so it wasn't. And I think, I mean, the league's everything for Dundee. It was before this game, even more so after it, and maybe part of, uh, part of them having a the chance is to realise, Hewn says, thought it would have been more, could have been more, should have been more. If there was one failing by Rangers on Sunday, it was they missed a lot of decent opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you've got to give, give credit to Dundee for that, though. I think they defended, <laughs> they defended well. I think the young goalkeeper... Never does prospects any harm again with some good saves, some good saves. Here's the silver lining on yeah, the current cloud. There, there were a few positives, Tom, and you've got to take the, the defensive display. When, when he was beaten, you know, there were a couple of times where they were cleared off the line, and you've got, you've got to do that. And probably it was a wee bit unfortunate to lose that goal so late on, because it would have mean they got through the second half basically all square. Um, I thought that uh, Cammy Kerr did his, did his best, you know, to, to try and cajole the team as best he could. I thought Max Anderson had quite a good game game till he, he ran out of steam. I, I think Max has just got to learn to show a wee bit of... What I like about Max Anderson, he's not, he's not threatening to put a tackle in. Mm. I think he just has to show a wee bit... I think he's got to show <laughs> a wee bit more finesse sometimes when he's, he just kicks boys. <laughs> he, doesn't, he, does, he doesn't hide that, he just goes and kicks boys. But he tried to get the ball down, he tried to play, he had a, a couple of efforts at goal. And... You know, but there weren't many positives. But Dundee were essentially on the back back foot from from were dots. You know, so it's how they, it's how they try to. I mean, I imagine the personnel may well change this Sunday. I think you've got to fresh try to freshen things up if, if they can. But it's how they can make more of a fist of it, Tom. And that's going to be really difficult. Yeah, because it doesn't matter how one sided it was. It doesn't matter how much better Rangers are than Dundee. Points are gold for Dundee. Dundee can't go into any league mm. game thinking, well, we're not going to get anything from this. No, I don't, I don't, I don't, three hits are not on the table for Dundee anymore. Where they are. You don't get away with that. You've got to assume that other teams are going to pick up points. You've got to try. and You've got to play every game, like I said. I think I said it last week, like it's your last game. And if you were playing Rangers and it was your last game and you had to mm. pick up a point, you'd have to go in that, with that sort of mindset. So they've got to, they've got to go with that. I hope that Rangers... You know, have have a day where they maybe don't find the back of the net so quickly, and we know that if if they don't, things can get things get more difficult. If you can keep them out for as long as possible, things start getting a bit more tricky. But it's hard to see. There was such a there was such a gulf in in class last week. You know, and, and you know, in the strength of the teams, it's hard to see where Dundee get a point from this weekend. But could it be you in one of these things where if 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 the battle hard, keep it down to say a 1-0 they can move on to the next game taking something from that saying well if we, if we defend like that against other teams it's a clean sheet 
a, a two-year point in some extent because you don't want to go in in the back of hammering, but equally it would still be a defeat that case, wouldn't it? Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, one right. thing they have to do, and it's really, really difficult for them, they have to forget all about that game. Um, and normally when you when you take a, a beating off uh, the old firm, you've maybe got games in between and you can pick up some momentum or you can you can do some. but they're going straight back in against the same opposition. Um, we spoke last week about the fact that Rangers are playing in Europe and they've, they're, they're, these games are sandwiched in between their European games and how maybe that might impact on the energy and the drive of the Rangers team. It might still have an impact this week because Rangers are playing away from home in Europe. You know, they've got the travelling to go into it. Um, I know they've got a big squad and, and they will use their squad, they will rotate their squad, but it might still have that impact. So Dundee have to start and realise that it's a clean slate, you know, from the kickoff it's 0-0, zero, zero. it's a different game, forget all about that, it's not a two-legged affair. Um, Rangers will have equally, probably more so have more pressure on them to win this game than they had last week because they would probably forego the Scottish Cup for the league title. So yeah. so th- there, there, is, there are these little factors if Dundee can do what we said neither of the Dundee teams did this week and they can get off to a good start, then that can maybe pile a bit more pressure and it could be a different game. And bear if the nature of the defeat wasn't bad enough, they lost uh, Ashcroft again with what looks like a recurrence of his hamstring problem. No, that would be that would be a disaster for for the lad first and foremost because you never like to see somebody just coming back from injury and going down with some sort of thing. We don't have too many details on exactly what the state of play is on that one. Hopefully, it, it isn't anything too serious. But I would be. Um, of an inclination if he has got a little tweak then there's absolutely no way he should be playing on Sunday um, they do have a, a break an international break coming up so the next game would be the start of April against Aberdeen I think it is and hopefully by that time it, uh, it will have cleared up it will be a major major blow if, if Ashcroft has got out longer term well, because you saw what he brought straight away, just coming back in, even off the pace. I mean, he's just come back in to go to Motherwell and he's outstanding. And he's got a good lad alongside him and they seem yeah. to play well together as well. Yeah, with, with big, uh, big uh, Ryan Sweeney. So, fingers crossed that it's, it's nothing long-term with, with Ashcroft. See, Bear, this was actually my Prime Minister's questions ploy. You ask the easy question first and then hit, hit hard with a follow-up. <laughs> Should he even been playing on Sunday? Well... He, he played against, he, you know, he came on against, uh, um, I, th- I think it was the game before the Motherwell game, I can't remember who the exact, I was. Who they lost to. No, it was against Hibs, wasn't it? Hibs. He came on late for the last 15 <laughs> minutes and he looked he looked a bit raw, but then he plays the 90 minutes at Motherwell and it's, it's, it's fine, you know, so it's it's a difficult one. I mean, if the players feel fine themselves, sometimes it's... And he'd want to play. Yeah, he, he looks to me like he's the sort of guy who would... We'd, we'd, we'd run through a brick wall for you so that's what you need at this point in time that's what mm-hmm. Dundee are needing so certainly you know um, hindsight's a great thing isn't it you know but I, th- I think they'll have to play him I, I, if he's played at Motherwell then and he's feeling fine why not so you just have to go on but unfortunately he's, he has been injured so we'll keep our fingers crossed that it's, it's nothing too serious and he's not going to be out too long and the other issue question surrounding Sunday Dundee fans voted with their feet over the ticket prices, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, I think... It was, um, what was it, 30? 30, it was 30 uh, quid for a ticket. Um, and I think there's more at play just in the ticket prices, but you're not telling me if Dundee had been challenging for a top four spot and going really well in the league that there would have only been 800 or so Dundee fans there. I'm not sure how many there was in, in total, but there wasn't very many at all. And disappointingly, that's not the way a Scottish Cup quarter-final should be mm-hmm. you know uh, there's something wrong there's something wrong with the game when you go to a Scottish Cup quarter-final Dundee haven't been had a lot of cup runs in recent seasons you go to a, cup, a Scottish Cup quarter-final and the attendance is spot it was eerily strange and you touched on it, how much Rangers took from their own support mm-hmm. you know that gen- but Dundee just you just couldn't generate any sort of noise from, from the Dundee fans and credit to the ones who went along and I understand mm-hmm why people didn't go along, you know, with £30 a ticket, maybe you have to look at the pricing. But it's, it's difficult because everybody was, as, as much as that, if you'd known there was only going to be so many fans, you could have maybe given Rangers another end and crammed all the Dundee fans into one and at least to generate yeah. some sort of, mm. you know, opposition support so you're all sitting together and you get a bit of uh, noise going. But it just, it just never happened. I think you've got to look at, look at other things, Tom. I think you've got to look at, as well as the £30 a ticket, which I think, really needs to be looked at very closely. Um, 
I think you've got to look at the fact just how strong Rangers are. I think you've got to look at the fact how poor Dundee, Dundee have, have done this season, especially at Dens. I mean, you're looking at a team who have lost recently to St Mirren. You're looking at a team who have lost heavily to Livingston, who have lost their lost county, all at Dens Park. And I think a lot of them looked at that and said the writing was on the wall. And I mean, you saw the way the game panned out. You know, could you really sort of blame them for that? Um, so yeah, it's, 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 a, it's, it's a combination of things. I don't think it is just the thirty quid because I do believe if Dundee were going much better in the league, there would be a far bigger, uh, bigger attendance. But it's something they should they should look at as a spectacle. You know, the Scottish Cup is still a big occasion for our game. It's not good to see one end, one end crammed and the other end with hardly anybody there. A quarter final tie. Come on, especially especially with you know as Dundee Dundee are regarded rightly so as one of the bigger clubs in Scottish football. Yeah. And, see, and if, see in fairness, you as well. I mean. Uh, because it's a Scottish Cup town, one one of the things I always liked about the Scottish Cup town was you ties was you tended to get a bigger away support, which was definitely the case uh, on Sunday. But if you get a big home support as well, the two supports feed off each mm-hmm. other. But mm-hmm. again, because it's a Scottish Cup tie, Rangers had an input too, and apparently yeah. they 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 didn't see any reason for Dundee to change their normal pricing. Yeah, I mean, we'll touch on Dundee United later, but the same thing happened across the road as well, you know, with ticket prices. And, and I think um, football clubs are, are generally, if I can speak generally, they have to have a real look at this right now because um, the, their punters that are turning up, their energy bills are going through the roof, their, the, the fuel prices are going up, um, you know, their, their shopping bills going up. There's, there's a whole heap of uh, bills that are going up and... I agree with Bear totally. If Dundee were going well, then they would make that decision. But when you've got bills piling up and then you're looking at your priorities and you're thinking, well, is that a priority to go to that game? It's on the television. I can watch it on the television. There's There, there are these, these issues that come into play when, when your side's not on the top of their game. And I think there is, and we spoke about this before we came on air, I also think that over the last few seasons, there has been a general apathy from home supporters towards watching their side play against Celtic or Rangers yeah. as well. It used to be the case. But it used to be the biggest. I mean, th- yep. th- this goes back because it was the late Eddie Thompson that actually drew my attention to it. It used to be that the old firm were your biggest games. Yep. Uh, when Eddie was in charge at Dundee United, he said, well, it's, it's not anymore because they're usually moved to a lunchtime kickoff either on a Saturday or on Sunday. That affects the away support. It affects your hospitality. The biggest games for Dundee and Dundee United are of the derby now. Yeah, and I also think the the factor does come into supporters. Well, whilst no supporter would go into a game thinking, well, they might go into thinking they're going to lose, I think there is that at the back of your mind, well, this isn't as winnable a game as another game might be, so it might be, well, I want to go and see my side win, you know, I want to go and see a side where they compete. Um, so I, I have a lot of sympathy for the Dundee fans who didn't turn up. I um, give a lot of credit to the Dundee supporters who did turn up and, and try to support their team. They shouldn't be slaughtered for going along and, and watching their side and trying to support their side just as the, the ones who stayed away. It's, it's, it's really difficult. Equally, if you're a player and you run out and you look around the this, this stadium and you see that there's, there's pockets of your own support dotted around the ground and then you look at the away support and you see that it's packed and they're in full voice and things, that must do something to you psychologically when you look at it. It must do that. I saw, after, sorry, just, just before we move on, is I saw after the first goal went in, you, you looked at the team and uh, you were, you're looking for somebody to try and lift them and every one of them I looked at had their heads down and that's when you need you need the support behind you to, to give you either a kick up the backside to say, come on, get your fingers and let's get going here. You know, or just just to give you that wee bit of spark, but yeah, it's, it's it was very difficult and it was disappointing for the Scottish Cup quarter final. I've got to say, very disappointing. Do you know? Can I say just there's one thing? I a long time ago I lived in France and it was um, I lived there for a year. Now I, I used to go. I worked as a journalist out there and I used to go along and watch Lyon play. And they had a thing in French football when games were live on television. It was written in the rules that automatically there was a reduction in ticket pricing. To allow it, and, and I know it's a difficult thing to do, but if that was set in stone, it would take away from this debate between the clubs. They would know, yeah, right? It takes it's it out up, the clubs and hands. I think it was something like thirty percent ticket price reduction because the game has been moved for television. Maybe we could look at that, and we could say, I don't know who funds that, and I know it, I know it's difficult for everybody, but it may make a difference the, the, to the, the crowd. The issue you've got with that is that the old firm games sell out regardless. Yeah. You know? yeah. 
regardless. So uh, the problem you've got is you have to get Celtic and Rangers to agree. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. And I, I, I totally understand it. Yeah. I don't yeah. think Dundee argued too much <laughs> when Rangers said just keep the prices as you normally yeah. would. No, no. Dundee would go, oh well, okay, if you want that. Yeah, yeah. Because it is, and, 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 and times are times are hard for clubs too. They've got mm. they've got to make money. Yeah. And so it is. It's a, it's a difficult one. Just to round off the Dundee section this week, we'll, we'll round off with another grumble, but some positive news. One of the grumbles the fans that did turn up had was John Nelms wasn't there. It said that he took the chance to go and see Scotland and Rome, which if I must admit, if I got that chance, I might have, I might have gone there too. Well, they won, didn't they? But talking about who'll be there and who won't, this weekend's game against Rangers, Mark McGee gets, assuming he's recovered from his COVID episode, He'll get to be in the dugout this weekend. Well, that's a plus. That, that, that's a real plus. Which one's a plus? Um, John Nelms not well, being there no, or I Mark mean, McKee. I mean, uh, yeah, that I, was cruel and unnecessary. I, I've got to say, John Nelms, we don't know the circumstances. I doubt very mm -hmm. much if John Nelms just booked that trip a couple of weeks ago. I think I, I may well have been someone that he's had arranged for a while. It may well have been a special occasion. We just don't know. But I've got to say, it didn't look good where Dundee are at at the moment. That, you, know, that, you know, that he's not there. The manager's not there. There's a disconnect here between the fans who are paying 30 quid for a ticket and they, they, it could only be a grumble, you know, if, if, if people are, are, are spotting these sort of things. Anyway, on the plus side, Mark McGee back in the dugout, yeah, that will be a plus because he's right there as we've spoken. You need your manager in the dugout. So hopefully he can, if things do go a bit pear-shaped or a, it doesn't have to be a goal or they're not playing the way he wants them to play, he can get right to the players. That message goes from A to B. It doesn't go from A to B to C to D to get to the player, you know. And you, uh, mm -hmm. to break the habit of a lifetime and defend John Nelms, if you were to identify the least important task the man who runs the club overall day-to-day -day has, it's actually been at the game. Funnily enough, it made me think, I remember, I remember Jim McLean telling us a story about when Fergus McCann was uh, at, in charge at Celtic. Cleverly, Fergus McCann would turn up at the games but a lot of his business was in Canada and because of the time difference, he had this informal arrangement with Jim McLean that he actually didn't appear for the second half. He went into Jim McLean's office and conducted his business. <laughs> By that time, folk in Canada were out of their beds. So he, he, Jim McLean said, you know, who got on very well with him, but Fergus used to go and do his other business in the second half and never watch the game because <laughs> it was a family thing for him rather than his love of football. Yeah. But but equally, I think it is only fair to say that the, the chief executive of a football club, his business is done through the week. Yeah, I mean, it's the problem is it's not a good look, you know, because Dundee are not going very well at the moment. Could have had um, a cardboard cutout. I know, but it's, it's not a good look. And then, and then it emerges, maybe if he could have kept that out of the fact that he'd actually worked where he was and what he was doing at that weekend. Um, I'd... I do suspect he probably booked us a, a long, long time ago and actually looked at Fixer Calendar and wondered if Dundee might even be in the, the Cup at that weekend. So it might have been a free weekend, you know? So he might have at that point thought that. Um, but it's it's difficult. Yeah, at least he was at a sporting fixture. You could. I mean, I, I've, I, I've used... You know this, Bear. I've used some tenuous reasons for trips in the past and he could have been looking <laughs> at how they do things in other sports and other countries to improve the fan experience. Well, I mean, another point is, in all seriousness... How many club owners and people that are running clubs aren't at the games on a weekly basis? There's yeah. an awful lot of them. If you look down south in particular, there's an awful lot of... What, what, you can't call them absentee owners or that because they're not absentee owners, but they're, they're not physically at the game. But it doesn't mean that they're not caring about the club. It doesn't mean they're not conducting business on behalf of the club. It's just the, it's just the way it looks. It's the perception, I think, that is the problem of it. And it's, and it's, and it's almost this perception that you can... You can add two, add two and get five and think, well, does he care anymore? And that's, I think that's harsh because I believe he probably does care. I believe he probably does care, but it's just the perception um, that he's not there for a game. And and it's also the fact that he emerges is a way doing something else. Um, so it's, t it's a difficult one for supporters to look at. Well, we'll finish off the Dundee section with this. As I say, I've, I've not been known for my praise of Mr Nelms, but, but anybody that watches Dundee most weeks de deserves a break every once in a while. Bear injured holiday. Uh, holiday comes the last game of this season. Oh, there's a get, loyal supporter. Yeah, a few weeks off. And you're going to miss it. Disgrace! <laughs> right, chaps. Part two starts, starts very like part one. 
Where were United on Monday night, you? It was difficult. Do you know? It's almost. It was almost to an extent a little bit of a rerun of the the day before, right? Because we talked we talked earlier about you have to go off to a good start against the old firm. You have to keep it tight. You have to go on. and and in fairness to Dundee United and the games I've watched them against Celtic now four times this season and in two of those games they've been bang on it. They've really pressed Celtic. They've contained them. They've done really well against them. They got a draw at Celtic Park. They came very close to getting a second draw at Celtic Park. In the league game at Tandis, however, it was similar to the the cup tie the other night. You know they. Once Celtic got the early goal, they did allow Celtic basically impose themselves on the game, and it was a poor goal to lose. Let's no taking away from it. You know, a short corner gets out there, it gets through a rock of bodies and goes into the net. Um, and then it's a shame because up to that point, we spoke about the atmosphere at Dens Park, and Tannadice was far from full. Um, it really was far from full. However, Dun United took a conscious decision to have three sides of the, the stadium um, sold to their supporters because the supporters have been calling for that. They've been calling for the shed, and the shed was. I was was packed to quite a big extent and and there was a very genuinely a very good cup tie atmosphere before the game kicked off because we had over five thousand United fans, three thousand Celtic supporters, and it was singing from all four corners of the ground. And it was I I, I was commenting people in the press box, this is great, you know, we've got a real atmosphere at a game. I'd have loved to seen it full. Absolutely we would have loved to seen it full. But you get deflated when you lose a goal after twelve minutes and I it was difficult. And then just at the point where in the second half, Dun United, let's say they didn't, they didn't trouble Joe Hart and goal at all the whole night. They didn't, they didn't actually. He didn't have a save to make. That's that's the the long and short of it. However, for the first fifteen minutes or so of that that second half, they were starting to trouble Celtic in the sense that they were pressing the defence. They were making forcing errors out of the Celtic defence. You know, Starfelt was giving the ball away a little bit. And just at that point, you get a sense in the game, and you think. Maybe Dundee United might find a breakthrough here, and then they just they lose a, you know, a freak goal. You know, it's um, we'll talk about Benji Seagrass in a minute. But he, he makes a mistake, and I can count on less, almost less than one hand, how many mistakes that Benjamin Seagrass has made in the time I've been watching him as a Dundee United keeper. I think he's been outstanding. He's made far more saves, won far more points, won far more games than he'll lose for Dundee United. So. You have to take that into account, but he did make a mistake. And at that point, when it goes 2-0, it's finished. Dun United commit men forward. Um, Celtic's attack kick into gear. Maida, who have not been overly taken by at Celtic so far, I really saw his qualities come into to play because his pace was, was causing Dun United with gaps, was causing Dun United all sorts of problems. Um, and 3-0 probably in the end up giving the amount of Dominant Celtic had at 2-0 probably was the fair result. I don't think you can really argue with that. The other thing that makes this section a bit samey is there was a, another controversial decision. Didn't affect the result, but having seen a red card in the Motherwell's quarter-final with Hibs after just one minute, and I think, to be fair to the lad Hitati, he knew he'd done wrong. It wasn't that type. He's not that type of player. But he slid in and with all his studs showing and how how he didn't get a red card from, I think it was John Beaton, was it, was the referee? Yeah. It's very disappointing. That, and it's it's not about wanting to see players sent off bare. It's about wanting mm-hmm. to see the rules applied consistently. Yeah, consistency is, is the key word. Tom, and you're right, in the day before we saw the Motherwell player go very early on, but then we saw in that Motherwell game a, a second tackle Five very minutes early, later, yeah, that, that Willie Collum tools the Three very target. similar ta- tackles. So it is, it is, it is a, a difficult one. And, uh, you know, that's where, do you say, the introduction of VAR if it ever comes, if they've got the finance to do it, would that, would that clear things up? I suppose it, it may well do if, if referees get a chance to have it a secondary look at, at things and you've got somebody else's eyes on it as well but at this point in time you're, it's basically subjective and the referee's got to make that, that call uh, at, at that point in time and you never like to see a player getting sent off as well you yeah know? I was going to say that on, on the human mm. side I was almost glad for Hitati because the way he jumped up mm. he was like oh that wasn't good and he he was concerned for the player he, he was obviously concerned about a, a red card he didn't mean it but the referees, the, the, the referees aren't supposed to be human. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of times we say they're not human. I've got to say, but they've got to make they've got to make make the call. And at this point, on that, you know, uh, in this instance, the, the call 
was good for Celtic and not so good maybe for, for United. Um, just as the, the game itself, I think a few weeks back United played Rangers at Tannadice mm-hmm. and came away with a, a you know a well deserved point. But there, there's no denying that on that day the road are luck a wee bit, you know, <laughs> and you need to do that against Open. You need a bit of that. I think going back to the cup tie against Celtic, the luck deserted them. Yeah. The, the first goal, the short corner, all right, it's well worked. Celtic have obviously done their homework. Um, United are, are quite good at picking up in the box at set plays. They've played a short corner, but it's a double short one. So the play is short and then it goes out to mm-hmm. out to McGregor, who has a shot of the goal. And I think it deflects. That's all the time clap, in the world. But take I, I, it takes it, a deflection and, and goes in the corner. Yeah. You know, the second one, you, you've touched on it, Benjamin Segrist. We're, we're on here singing his praises week after yeah. week after week. One of the very, very few mistakes he's made in his time at Tannadice. But I've got to give huge praise. And I would say this to, to the punters out there. Give huge praise to this Celtic striker, Giamakis, because that ball doesn't even hit the ground when it comes off Benjamin Segrist's shoulder. On another day, Benjamin Segrist, that ball bounces off and hits the ground and, he, and he, he claws it back into his chest because there's not a striker near him. But that ball doesn't hit the ground and, and it's in the back of the net. So you've got to give... Giamakis real praise for being in there and I, just looking at him I think he looks as though he's going to he'll get a barrel load of goals because he plays the game inside the posts if you look at him always complaining at strikers that's where they need to be to score goals and he looks like he's one who not only plays it there but he's has anticipation of of errors of the ball bobbling about he'll anticipate before other players do and I think he'll get as long as he's, he stays fit he'll, he'll score it a lot, a lot of goals for Celtic. The way they play the game as well. The third goal as well. It's, it's a good, it's a good uh, touch from Giamakis. But again, it's you know it's a, bit, it's a bit of a scuffy sort of goal. And it just goes over the line and no more. So mm-hmm. all the luck United had against Rangers, it deserved them. It deserved them against Celtic, and yeah. you just didn't get away with that. Just uh, maybe partly because I feel guilty about any criticism of Benji Seacrest. He's been so good, but I think it's the first time I can remember he's been a hundred percent culpable at a goal and uh, so for that reason alone you should probably excuse him but to deflect from that Giamakis he strikes me as the kind of the the kind of old-fashioned striker that for eight to eight minutes of the game teammates are probably shouting at him to work harder and but the other two minutes they're thanking him for his goals he comes alive in the penalty box and goes to sleep when he's out of it yeah, totally, totally. He was the top goal scorer in the Dutch league last year, and that. So I think I think there was obviously something about. Him. I mean, you, the Dutch league's not by no means a poor league, you know. So to be top goal scorer tells you something about him. Um, I think he had a slow start at Celtic, but he's really, really kicked on um, in terms of his goal scoring. And I think every club, I mean, the Dundee clubs would be crying out for strikers like that, mm. wouldn't they? Dundee United would be crying out for a striker like that right now that's you know it's a penalty box striker that that's just going to be sitting there and is going to bang in the goals. I mean, to be honest, that's probably one of the missing pieces of the jigsaw because I do think there are a lot of good things about what Dundee United. I think the defence is, ironically enough, I think the defence is very good. We're talking about their. I think they. I think they probably need creativity in the midfield, but but a penalty box striker like Jay Marcus, they could sit there. That, like you say, the, the teammates are screaming at for 88 minutes, you know, you lazy so-and-so, get back, do this and everything like that. But he's there when they need him, you know. Every team needs that, they do. From an opposition point of view, Bear, it's, it's maybe going to have to become a feature of the team talk on a Saturday afternoon or whenever that the manager says, don't forget this lad. Yeah. Because he just, he, he's just, Geomarcus isn't in games and he scores two or three yeah. goals in yeah. those games. And a lot of the time it seems to be, uh, as the game goes on, he, uh, he gets more and more dangerous because defenders must think, I thought this lad was a player. And he just doesn't seem to get involved and then suddenly he's scored two yeah. goals. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, don't forget this lad. I'm sure the same conversation takes place when anybody's playing Spurs in England. When they watch the lad Kane because he, mm-hmm. he gets a few goals. But they just didn't seem to cope with him when he's in that box, you know. And it's, it's purely down to anticipation. If you have a look, the, the good the good strikers maybe don't attack the ball all the time. They anticipate where it's maybe going to yeah. go to the back post, to the front post. You know, the drop from the keeper, the mistake from the defender, the bobble that comes back up, and they're there. And that's that's a gift. That's a gift to have that. You know, Ali McCoy was a bit like that. He yeah. scored a barrel load of goals because he anticipated where the ball was going to land. I mean, obviously you've got to put it over the line because some people, some players just kind of get the ball over the line. Just Funny, watching them reminds me, I saw it, uh, a couple of years ago, 
Ian Wright interviewed and somebody said to him, can you teach goal scoring? Is it just in your nature? And he actually said, well, to an extent it is. He said, but also if someone hit a shot or a cross that was going to the keeper, he said, I ran there. Because if the keeper drops mm -hmm. it or it comes off the keeper, if you run towards the middle of the goal and the ball stays in play, you might not be too far away from the ball. And that's what he does. He just, I mean, like the Seagrist's mistake, he was, he was the one that said, well, if you drop this, I'm here. And so he's standing right next to him saying, well, mm -hmm. you yeah. either save this or I score. And I mean, it's, it, it's good play, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it's so difficult because it's, it's as I said, it's, it's a gift. I mean, I remember seeing Spurs playing in a cup down, going back to Harry Kane again, and they were, they were getting beat one nothing from a, a middle, I think it was last season. And it was the last kick of the game. And the one man who had to, to mark was Harry Kane, and he scored. Uh -huh. He scored. I mean, how does he score? He's the one man in your team who say, keep an eye on him. You know, and he didn't attack the first ball, and I think it got knocked onto the back post, and he gets free, and it's in the back of the net. So. He's, he's slightly different, isn't he? He, he, is. he, he, he gets can, involved in games, he but you, he'll go much, much deeper. Yeah, and again, he, is he the is. problem there for a defender that you go, well... Well, that is... He's, he's, he's not playing against me today. He's, no, he's playing in midfield. The one thing I don't think he can label against Harry Kane is he's lazy. He's not, ah. because he goes and, and joins up the play as well. You know, and he, That's why he's one of the world's top strikers. But when you do get a guy that is lazy, it's difficult, because you've got your defenders, you, your man's just telling you to watch him, but you know he's cheating. He's standing offside, yeah. he's standing in an offside position, and yeah. so you're, you're getting told to drive the line up and, and squeeze up. So automatically you're taking your eye off him as you're trying to pull up your defence, but where is he? He's, he's, he's mm. floating around behind you and things like that. So it's a tough one, but he's, he looks like, as I said, he'll score a barrel of the goals in Scotland. Especially when I mean, we talk about, well, what's Dundee and Dundee United had a player like that? Mm -hmm. But you put him in a team like Celtic that are creating, going down yeah. the flanks and creating, putting ball after ball in from the wide areas. Gee, me. I think, I think um, the most recent example in Scottish football would be Chris Boyd. And mm -hmm. I said, you know, Chris Boyd, I mean, I think I think Rangers supporters were probably infuriated with him for a long time because they would think, well, what's he actually done in the game? And he'd pop out of nowhere and he would score a goal like that. He would anticipate it in the box. And I think he is the top goal scorer in the Scottish Premier League. Who, incidentally, I saw him on Sky the other night and asked him about Marcus Rashford. And he must have had his tongue in his cheek. He said... He said, I think the one thing Rashford's got to remember is even if you're not played well, you've got to work hard. When did you learn that? After you, after you stopped playing. But another another one. Uh, do these guys, is, is what these guys do actually, people say it's natural instinct. Your natural in instinct as a player when you see a ball coming to straight to the goalkeeper is to say, oh, he's going to catch that. Yeah. It's what these guys have actually got is they don't have mm -hmm. the natural mm -hmm. instinct mm -hmm. of well, footballers. They right. go, well, I'm going to go and see see what happens. Yeah. And, and that, that's the great thing. Boyd was great yeah. at that, wasn't I would he? go mm -hmm. way back to David Dodds. David Dodds wasn't in that. I wouldn't say David Dodds was in that. But see the amount of goals he got in there in that six-yard box just sniffing out a chance. He was, you know, scored a phenomenal amount of goals for Dundee United. And you're right. It's not natural, I think, the goalkeeper going to drop this. A lot of players wouldn't think that's, that's the keeper. Yeah, it's that split second yeah. thing. Because a, a lot of players will a lot of players will think, and it's maybe things that strikers have to learn from, they'll go, he's going to catch that, oh, but I should still run in. But yeah. just that split second, yeah. it's too late then, mm -hmm. even if even if the goalkeeper drops it. And I would say, and I would say for, for Benji Seagrass as well, Benji Seagrass will probably drop another 10 balls, not, not in the next 10 games, but over his career and... Yeah, yeah, it won't be highlighted no. because it'll just be a, yeah. an incident that happened in the game, and That's then he, right. got, he got it the second yeah, time, or up. yeah, Bought or a defend or a defender cleared yeah, it, got there first. You're right, amazing. But onwards and upwards for United, they've still got a top six place to play for up against one of their rivals this weekend, Ewan. Yeah, St Myrne, St Myrne away. Um, I thought that, but then I bottled St St Myrne because I thought, is it St Myrne? <laughs> You've got a Hibs in your head as well. They've got a Hibs. Well, there's about eight of them playing for the top six. Yeah, you're right. You're, right. you're actually right. I mean, there's there's one point between fourth place and ninth place. At the moment. That's that's how tight it is. I mean, it, is going to, it could come down to goal difference, let's be honest. But in some respects, Dun United's three games, they're actually not bad if you look at it because... They've got a real chance to, to get a real firm grip of this top six place. They're playing two sides that are in the mix for it. St Myrne away, Hibs away. If they win both those games, they'll be in the top six. And then they've got a Dundee derby and, you know, they don't need to get pumped up for that. 
they do need points in these next two games before they go to Dundee Derby though otherwise that's going to be precarious but um, I've saw them I've, I saw them at St Myrna away early in the season I saw them at Hibs away early in the season um, at St Myrna away they had the better chances but they didn't put them away and it was nil-nil they probably could have edged that game um, St Mirren have were on a good run um, then weren't on a good run and then they did quite well in the cup tie against Hearts and they scored an absolute phenomenal goal I mean let's let's be honest the boy Ronan um, is a pocket dynamo in midfield I've seen very creative spark but the way he finished that strike at Tynecastle that, for me that's probably the best goal I've seen this season and they, they, they'll have to watch him there's no doubts about that because his movement his creativity his passing um, he was good at, at the St Mirren United game I saw earlier in the season I picked him out then I think it was one of his first games for him um, and he's one player they'll have to watch but I fancy Dundee United I'm always positive well, I do genuinely fancy them I was going to say uh, Bear you even in victory at Dens Park last week you said you weren't uh, overly impressed with St Mirren so although it goes against the dark blue blood that runs in your veins you've got to tip a United victory no don't <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about anticipated answer he's changed, he's changed his mind last week no I, I think they've got a, a, a good chance of picking up points because I don't think that St Mirren are firing on all cylinders I think they were better earlier on in the season I think Stephen Robinson I, I like him as a manager I think he's still finding his way uh, in Paisley I think they played in the, in the cup, I, I thought Hearts were stick-ons to beat them in the cup. I mean, they went 2 nothing up. I thought, there you go. I should, have put, I should have put some money on it. And then St. Man come back and, and get two goals. And the second one is sensational. Oh, mm. It's not often you see Craig Gordon watching a ball flying past him. Craig I Gordon thought Craig Gordon was going to applaud. You rarely see Craig Gordon watching a ball going past him. He's normally, he balls go past him, but he's normally making an attempt to get them. I thought it was a great piece of professionalism yeah. by Craig Gordon. He's like, I'm 39. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm no diving for the <laughs> yeah. sake of keeping in with the fans. He went, nah, that's a goal. Yeah, but <laughs> Hearts, to be fair, the Hearts, they stepped up after yeah. that and went on. And, but it was a good game, ultimately. But for, from a United perspective, I think there's a, a real opportunity for them here to get themselves back on track and get, get the win that they need to sort of rekindle their season again. I think mm-hmm. they need a win somewhere down the line. I think draws, I think the, the fans are being frustrated. But obviously... Defeats are worse, but I think even the draws fans need to want to see their team mm-hmm. getting a result, and I think that's possible on Saturday. That's how they do it. It's how the it's that transition from being relatively relatively tight to being able to score goals yeah. and not creating. As we've we've touched mm-hmm. on, the creative spark is is missing. I'm not sure what the situation is with Tony Watt at this point in time if he's still going to be. Well, I, I'm I'm going to St Andrews yeah. after this podcast, and um, I, I it was. When I was at St Andrews last week, it was made that Tony would just miss that game, so mm-hmm. it sounded as though he might not be too far away from yeah. it. So um, they definitely need him back. There's no doubt. Of Ewan actually already yeah. knows if he's playing or not, but this is a ploy to get the, the <laughs> listeners to buy the tilly. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's a good ploy. We're, we're going to yeah. keep it going as long as we're employed by this paper. Only thirty quid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll be. I'll continue to be a support. But they've got strikers. Well. They've got strikers on the park. They've got strikers on there. They've got, you know, McNulty. They've got Clark, who's well capable of getting goals. Is getting the service to them in the areas that they're going to score goals. That's the problem you need to see them have. Is getting themselves up the park. Is getting the, the wide men playing as wide men, as wingers, not as sort of defenders, as wing backs. And this guy seems to have spent quite a lot of his time recently playing just in front of the full backs. And credit to him, he's done, a, he's done a decent job. But let's see what this lad he can do bombing forward and getting into the box. Because I think he's got something there. He just, just needs to get himself further up the park. But it's, it's an opportunity, but United need a win. Need right, a win. and they'll get it. Three points <laughs> for United, I've decided. We need some cheer. Right, after this, international. Right. This was Ewan's idea. I'm not. I'm not taking the blame for this. His notes mention Scotland play Poland in a friendly. The the squad was named the other day for the umpteenth squad in a row. No Dundee or Dundee United players. Which Dundee and Dundee United players are close to the Scotland squad? Well, that's that. That's this week's <laughs> podcast over then. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, I'll go first. None of them, I don't think. Uh, it's j- when you look at, it, you know, uh, there's there's two ways to look at it. Um, how many Dundee and Dundee United players are being chased by other clubs at this point in time that are Scottish? I mean, I would you would say Benjamin Seagrass might have got an opportunity to possibly move on at Tandy, but 
best one in the world. <laughs> He's not Scottish. I would say uh, left field, Charlie Mulgrew, if there was this real mm-hmm. injury crisis in, in the Scotland defence, as we've seen in the past, where you know when he's when he's turned to Considine and, and brought him in, I would have to be. I've got to say, you know, they'd have to be really down on numbers. But Charlie McGrew is still fit enough and, and has the experience to go in there and do a job. I'd like to think that Tony Watt has still mm-hmm. got a chance, but he has to start scoring goals again. It's mm-hmm. as simple as that. He's not fit at this point in time. Games are running out. The season's running out. If he had going in the opposite direction, Tam. He might not be a Tannadice, of course, but if he'd, if he'd started scoring, you know, 14 goals from sort of January on through the, through the summer, then there's a chance that he might might get the nod somewhere down the line. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I don't see anybody else at Dents, no. But they're, they're a mile off. I would, I'm disappointed for Max Anderson that he hasn't even got an under-21 score. I think he merits it. I think he's, yeah. I think yeah. he's, he's got a lot <laughs> of rough player. edges. He's got a lot of rough edges. But I think what he's doing in that team at this point in time and holding down the place is... As you know, shows the quality that he possesses, and he's only going to get better, I think, as well. So disappointing for him, but in general, Tom, we used to think of the days when you had half a dozen, certainly from coming from Tannadice, yeah, uh, regulars in squad. We're going back a bit now, but the fact that you're looking at the two teams now and there, you know, there's no one there. It's not great. It's not great. Yeah, I think Mulgrew um, early in the season was very close. Um, there was that actually that injury crisis in defence and, mm-hmm. and I was at the Hearts done United game and McGrew actually got injured in that game and then Hearts won 5-2 and um, on the Monday it was John Souter that was called into the squad ahead of Charlie Mulgrew and Mulgrew would have been injured anyway but I think at that point Mulgrew was probably right on the edge I mean he's got 44 caps um, we've touched upon this before he might be 36 but he's supremely mm-hmm. fit um, and I mean he has been very good although he has picked up the odds Nigel recently and he has been rested for games and things so it's maybe not close at the moment um, Tony Watt you're right um, I think if he starts scoring goals I think he'd be right in there because there's potentially still an opportunity there Kevin Nisbet's injured just now we've got um, Brown in from Stoke who's come in in, in place of him um, but I still think there's not much to choose between Tony Watt and Kevin Nisbet if they're both bang on form I think Tony Watt early in the season was probably knocking on the door of being in the Scotland squad um, one player I want to throw in the mix and it's not going to happen immediately for Scotland and some people argue with me on this point but I do believe looking at him that Ross Graham has the potential um, maybe 30-40 games down the line to, to start forcing his way into recognition he's in the Scotland under 21 squad um, he is a real defender very athletic he's come in and he's only played less than 10 games for Dunn United so it's ridiculous to suggest he'd go into the Scotland squad now and I'm not going to say that but I will say down the line I think he has the potential if he continues to progress he could be somebody that could look at the Scotland squad I, I was just thinking the one when we spoke about Mulgrew earlier uh, this season on here my argument and it was an argument that I admit has flaws because if you're playing well enough and you're fit enough look at the boy Thiago at Chelsea is 37 but why wouldn't you pick him for any team was Mulgrew's age and I thought you should look to the future now I would put that argument forward even more strongly because the unfortunate circumstances with Ukraine mean this is this coming game is a friendly against Poland and one thing I thought right away about the squad and I love him he's a national hero but why is David Marshall back in for a friendly I think it's. I think that is there not a young goalkeeper? Because the, the goalkeepers aren't young. No, is there not a goalkeeper yeah. that Steve Clark thinks in two or three years you might be my number one? I think there's a loyalty aspect a player. I think Steve Clark is loyal mm-hmm. to yes, certain players who have done well for him in the past, and I think the fact that you know he touched on it, I think in his presser that uh, David Marshall was out of the picture at Derby not because he was a bad keeper, but because there was financial shenanigans yes, going on I down there you know and so I think he's he's obviously given him his place whether that continues I think it's an area where they have to start looking very closely mm-hmm. and I, I think we've got good good keepers in there you know that they've touched on obviously Xander Clark's missed out this time but Xander has been injured as well of course yeah. I've been impressed with uh, Liam Kelly what, he, what he's done at Monroe is it is something we're going to have to address pretty soon because yeah. as you've said Craig Gordon was he 39 yeah. Alan McGregor's a similar sort of age you know so it is something that they are going to have to look at. But Steve Clark, he's, it's him that's got Scotland to where they are, and he's done it yeah, by, building, by fostering, fostering not a national team, but more a club mentality, mm-hmm. and he's loyal to players. And I think he says to players, look, 
you've if you do well for me, I'll I'll, I'll put my faith, faith in you. And the, and the one boy that you can say it gets players to the, turn up, doesn't boy, it? That yeah, kind and the of one boy that you could you can look at every time is Stephen O'Donnell, who's got his big cracks throughout Scottish football. He can't do this, he can't do that. But Steve Clark stands by him, yeah. and I've got to say, and he's he never failed at international level. Exactly, no, absolutely. He, not. he gets the reward, doesn't he? He gets the reward, and that's yeah. what you need. That's yeah. what you need. Where Scotland are. Yeah, your thing about the club mentality, that's the thing. I mean, I'm going along at the game, I've paid my paid my money to go along at the game, I've, I've, I've got my four-game ticket for the other games that might happen at some stage. Um, but the one thing I like about it... from Must a, be a, some job he's going to, eh? <laughs> Can afford exactly. a lot. I always, I always pick my jobs round about ones that will allow me to go for international games. <laughs> but um, no, in all seriousness, the, the thing I like about it as a Scotland fan is we've now got a squad of players who want to play for their country who want to turn up every time they're called into the squad and it sounds ridiculous because you would think that, yeah, that that would be your thing it would be your pride oh I've been called up for my country but in the past we've been all too guilty of watching Scotland squads where the squad's named and then four or five days down the line there's four or five call-offs in it and they're for, for minor injuries or minor complaints and, then and they, they all play for their club the next yeah, week and that, that's infuriating and the thing we're talking about loyalty that probably is it's part of the reason how he's managed to foster that is because the players know that their manager trusts them, that the manager believes in them, that the manager thinks, well, you've done a great job for me. You've never let me down. Like Stephen O'Donnell, who's not been a regular for Motherwell, he's been, he was a substitute in their game against uh, Hibs, um, but you've never let me down, so I'm going to stick by you. And like it or not, I think he has, well, he's the guy that's got us to a major tournament. He's the guy that's got us on the brink of another major tournament. So... I am a Steve Clark supporter because of what he's done for us. Yes, the football is not the most stylish in the world and everything, but he wins games um, and he's got players playing for him. So we have to accept that. And the point about the goalkeeper, though, we do have to look at that. It's, it's, a, it's a very valid point. Craig Gordon has been outstanding. He can just almost forget his age because he's not. It doesn't matter because the way he's playing football. No, as long as he it really doesn't well. matter the way he's playing football, what age he is, and he's looking after himself and things like that. But there is going to come a stage very soon where we're going to be looking at it. And is it Liam Kelly that's going to be the one to step up? Is it going to be Xander Clark? Or who is there someone else that we've got out there that's that's going to emerge? Aye, my, my only thought is that I would like to see Kelly and someone else get 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a, a thing. This take, game take, take the opportunity to, to do that. Yeah, absolutely. That's, I'm sure Steve Clark will probably look at that as well. Yeah. Well, that's all we've got time for this week. And since it's you and Sam... Last appearance, I've prepared an emotional speech to finish the show. Bye then, Ewan. Bye. <laughs> I'm almost in tears. That was quite emotional. That's one of my longer stories. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the Tilly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadice, or go to thetilly.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door.